What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Thoughts Inside Our Head podcast. Coming at you late night edition. It's 9.50 p.m. on Tuesday night. And I, as everybody knows, have uh, borderline narcolepsy. So I'm about uh, half a bottle deep into some pre-workout right now. And I've got Kurt Pruitt on the line with me in Bluffdale. And we have a very special guest, our Pacific Northwest pal, Carl Stanley Hayfin. What's going on, guys? Hi, Berg. What's up? You can just say from the north. Is that king in the north? People would think you might be Kawhi Leonard, so we have to be a little more specific. Just like Warden. Just call me Warden. Warden of the north. (laughs) That'll do. What's up, Daddy? Not much. I got to give everyone at home a little bit of a reason why we're doing this late. Obviously, we're going to be covering the Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul trade, but we wanted to wait um, to get Carl on the podcast for this because we know he has some fire takes about Westbrook and things like that. But Carl is a world traveler, and he just got back from San Diego. He was gone for a whole week because he's at some suit conference, so... Uh, yeah, we, we're, we're going to be talking some good stuff that I'm sure people, you know, however many like 10 listeners we have have been waiting to hear our takes on. But we were waiting for Carl to get back because we knew we needed to have Carl on here finally. So, Carl, thanks for joining us, man. Dude, no worries. Yeah, suit's got a suit, right? <laughs> um, so that's what we did. The question is, is of the potential suiting opportunities, we'll call those 100% possibility of suiting when you were in San Diego. How much of that did you actually capitalize on is the real question. Honestly, right, be, how much of it was going to be? Because I know the reach of this podcast is probably, you know, not going to get to the ears of my boss. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I was probably on the south side of fifty percent suiting. So, um, good trip, yeah. A, a true went artist. To, uh, went out to Carlsbad, California, and San Diego. The thing, the thing I've realized the more I go to. California is the people kind of suck there. People kind of suck. They don't care about um, anyone. I know, and I don't. You always think they're going to be cool and like chill, but they're kind of just not that great. But anyway, you have to have yeah. at least half a million in, Instagram followers to uh, get any sort of traction in the in that territory, dude. Gosh, dude, did I see some things? Did I see some Instagram things happening at San Diego? <laughs> Holy, dude, we're not anyway. even we're not even to basketball talk yet, and Carl's already thrown out fire takes. He he hates Californians. <laughs> Carl's against California. Yep, right here, here first. No, no, I actually I love California. They don't call Carl's bad for nothing. Woo! <laughs> I'll edit that out. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> what were you saying? I I, was, I love California, but just the people, man. I don't know. It's like th- those lake. It's like Laker territory. It's like. There's just something off. They just, you know, they don't see things like the rest of us. But the beaches are dope. Beaches are great. Good beaches. There at least is one good person to come from California, a.k.a. shout out my wife, Emily. Love you, Emily. Uh, California (laughs) will always have a special place in my heart from the dark days of uh, selling pest control in the summer of 2013 and literally jumping up and down and celebrating the day we drafted Trey Burke. It's funny to look back at that uh, (laughs) six years later. So, yeah, good times. We, I was weirdly more excited during that draft than any other draft that I can remember. I just remember you ta- basically talking in your sleep about how we should maybe draft Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> and I was so sold on him. Even with the little blotchy 
bleach in his head. I was thinking it was all going to be worth it. Honestly, in hindsight, that's a good take, Carly. Ended up being better than Trey, so. Gosh. Yeah, well, Trey sucks. sucks. Fire, fire take. Trey sucks. Okay, <laughs> well, uh, we have uh, quite the podcast in line for everybody today. Um, of course, we do have to, uh, since we last recorded, a monumental trade occurred between the Houston Rockets and the Thunder. So we're going to talk about that and the implications uh, in regard to how it affects us Jazz fans and just the trade overall. Uh, we also, finally, we've been soliciting mailbag questions for the past, oh, I don't know, three or four episodes. And we've got a few that have piled up. And so we're going to get into those. And then uh, we have a couple other things we'd like to address with Carl uh, joining us. So a couple non-basketball items that we're going to talk about a little bit later. So stay tuned for that, um, and we'll dive right in. All right, let's get into it. Carl uh, Berg, obviously we've said it like three times now. Westbrook is now um, a Houston Rocket, and CP3 is living out hopefully the rest of his career in purgatory. Be real with me. I'm going to start with Carl. Do you fear? Do you fear Houston? Like, where do you think this team's going? Do Do you fear them? Are they better? Are they worse? Are they kind of in the same places? Just rip off the bandaid and give us your take, dude. Yeah. So Houston. I mean, it, it's so it is kind of weird because you know all this stuff happened with trades, you know, going wild, and Houston kind of just stayed pat, obviously. And the whole time they've kind of been in the back of my head, thinking, you know, they beat us for the last two years, right? And, you know, they're, they're not getting that much worse, only Chris Paul deteriorating a little bit. And so I was kind of thinking they're, they're going to be in good shape if they stayed pat and maybe added, like, Iggy or someone. Um, but obviously this changes everything. And I think, I think, you know, if you take the trade, obviously, Westbrook for Chris Paul, I think their ceiling gets higher if everything, you know, goes according to plan. But I think their floor is way lower, and I think the chance they hit their floor is like probably ten times more likely than them hitting their ceiling. So, um, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, wh- why do you think that though? So I think I think it's and it's weird because I think if you take Westbrook and you take Chris Paul right now, I think Westbrook probably <laughs> I say probably it probably is better than a super old and floppy Chris Paul. Um, but I just don't think Westbrook has the, I don't think he has the, I hate to say it because he's a great player, but I don't think he has the IQ or the awareness to make them a better team, which sucks because he theoretically could be really, really good for them. Yeah. I think my take on the whole Houston thing is like, I was always banking that this whole Chris Paul and James Harden thing was true, that they hated each other. Turns out it probably is true, but they made a trade that, like you said, their ceiling gets really high and it gets really scary. Um, it's funny that you bring up that Westbrook like social – it's not even like basketball awareness. It's like his self-awareness is who he is as a person just seems like he's I'm – not, I'm not doing this as like – I'm taking a shot at him, but he, he sees himself, he perceives himself in kind of a different plane than everyone else, and I don't think it's, that's just like the way the reality of it is. The narrative's been, since the trades happened, can these two like coexist because they have insanely high usage rates. Um, just to give a little bit of context behind that, James Harden was the highest or second highest of all time last year in usage rate, and the second 
to this he is second to uh what Russell Westbrook in 2016 and 2017. So those two are historically the most highest used players uh per possession or when they're on the floor. But what's interesting this is what I I did some digging here cuz I wanted to do some diligence in to give Westbrook credit, he didn't have as uh, as high as usage percent last year. He was like 10th and then PG was 18th. So I think Westbrook shows that he could work with someone that has a high usage rate. I think the the interesting here in a basketball perspective is can James Harden kind of give up that usage? And I know Chris Paul is a guy that use, uses the ball a lot and he's effective with the ball, but at the same time, like Westbrook's more aggressive in getting the ball than Chris Paul is. You know, he can kind of Chris Paul will set screens for people and flop and get an offensive foul, whatever, uh, or you know what I mean. But um, it's just going to be interesting to see if their play styles in that usage is going to be able to coexist. And I think that a lot of that falls on James Harden being able to kind of pass the ball and pray that Westbrook doesn't shoot threes. Berg, what's your take? Guys, do you, do you hear that? Listen close. I think that's David Locke's voice. I think he's yelling. Russell Westbrook is the least efficient player with the highest usage rate in the NBA. I think I can hear (laughs) It's coming all the way from Park City. I hear him yelling. Honestly, (laughs) I I think it's interesting. I really – they're the two most like dominant player – or ball dominant players in the NBA. And I think – Honestly, in the regular season, I think having Russ there is going to go a long way. I mean, Chris Paul was probably going to play 55, 60 games. Russ is probably going to get you 80 as long as his knees hold up. I know he's, I swear he has like a knee operation that's minor like at least every summer. But uh, I, I think that's going to be great for Harden because um, Harden's not going to have to carry him all. But I think when it gets to crunch time in the playoffs, I think Russ is – and I think maybe he will be. I mean, when he's got shooters around him, like he's pretty mean in the pick and roll. I think uh, I think the Jazz actually match up decently against him, just because we always have Rudy defending the rim. But uh, I mean, I, I just wonder if Russ is going to be willing to back off a little bit in the playoffs when when Harden is obviously a much more efficient player and is willing to uh, and is looking to you know, basically play ISO ball because Russ isn't really a cutter. He's, he's the most tenacious and intense and a probably athletic player in the league. But if he, if he starts cutting and flashing in a way that he hasn't really played off ball before, instead of just standing around and waiting and watching like he's done the last couple of years, that could be scary. But if he's willing to change his game a little bit, uh, I guess remains to be seen. So, so now that, uh, now the West is really starting to take shape, obviously there's a few things that have still yet to be settled, like where Iguodala is going and a couple other things. But for the most part, we kind of know where, uh, where things are going to end up from uh, you know, an overall team standpoint. And last week, Carl, Tom, and I – or no, excuse Kurt. me, Kurt, Tom, and I – Kurt, Tom, and I <laughs> uh, put together our West rankings that are way too early predictions of how we see the playoff seating turning out. And so uh, we want to give Carl the opportunity, chance to uh, to set his predictions in stone here, and uh, for everybody to hear. That way, we can all look like idiots when uh, the playoffs come around next May, and uh, we're all totally wrong. So we want to hear what Carl has as far as playoff seating. Okay, uh, let me let me quantify what I'm going to say though, because when I did my little power ranking things, you know, I shouldn't quantify because I'm not even going to be right anyway. But anyway. 
Um, I was not doing it as far as like seeding as much as just who I think when the playoffs start are going to be the best teams. That makes sense. That's fair. Okay, because I, you know, Golden State, for example, yeah. you know, they they might fall back in the standings, but um, be a lot better when the playoffs start, right? Okay, so um, you want them? Yeah, let's hear them, bit. Well, give me a drum roll, geez. I'm a guest. That's that was, my drum roll. That was dope. <laughs> All right, uh, number one, I got the clips. I hate to say it, but um, I just think they're going to be really good, and they'll they'll be tough, especially in the playoffs. Um, Kawhi and Paul George, they're just so good on both ends. Like they can shut down a star, and they can also um, take over offensively individually themselves so they're my number one for now um but you know i i do think all their role players are some of them i don't think are as reliable as everyone thinks even lou williams he's phenomenal offensively but i know i don't know if he holds up in the playoffs as much as everyone assumes he will and then my next my next it's almost like a group because i think you know they're going to be equally tough i have the Lakers, I hate to say it. I have the Jazz, God bless. And I have <laughs> um, Golden State as kind of the next tier. I think they're all tied. Um, Lakers, LeBron, and AD. I mean, you could put shit in a bag around that. And, like, that's going to be extremely tough come playoff time. And they've actually done, I don't know, do you guys think they did reasonably well? Like, Yeah, their roster is really good. I think it's a really flammable bag of poop, to be honest. And uh, That's true. I'm, I'm hoping for some serious combustion between egos and the limelight in L.A. And But, yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, maybe it's not as good as it seems because they have a lot of big names. But, like, are they really still that good? Like, is Avery Bradley really still what he used to be? Maybe, but maybe not. And, like, KCP, I just feel like everyone thinks he's always better than he is. But, you know, like I said, LeBron and AD, shit in the bag. I, they're in my number two. Um, and then I have us. Take no! <laughs> I, I, I don't – I'm trying not to be a homer here, but I think we could be really good, honestly. Like, I haven't heard – I guess I've listened to the podcast and talked to you guys about this ten times a day, but, like, dude, we could be really good, and it's super exciting. I was trying to think, like, who our team could compare to, like, historically. And I, I kind of feel like we, like, and it honestly feels good because it's what, who we want to be, but I feel like we're really similar to the Spurs team when they won it when Kawhi was, like, super young in the league and he won finals MVP, right? When they had, mm-hmm. they had their core three and then they had, like, their young budding star, Kawhi, I think we're pretty similar set up as far as we have Conley, Rudy, and then Ingles, Bogey. I mean, that core three is not as good as the Spurs had, and Donovan maybe isn't as good as Kawhi was at that point, but I think it's pretty similar in how they played. Anyway, sorry, I have us number two Can I with the Lakers. Can I just kind of scooch in here and just kind of ask you, do you have your expectations for the Jazz? Is it title or bust this year for you or are you expecting us maybe next year to kind of go that far and it's more of like a western conference finals thing oh i mean when this when it all went down when we got conley i was like okay 
Like, we're, we can go to the Western Conference Finals. And then when we had our free agency, I was like, whoa, like, we could make the finals. And and if we make the finals, I feel like with the East, like, that's – it's realistic to win it all. I hate to say I'm 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 kind of, like, tiptoeing back a tiny bit just with all this other stuff that's happened. But I will say with a certainty that if we don't make the Western Conference Finals and that series isn't extremely competitive – I will think this year is a complete waste or not waste, but disappointment. I, I can live if we don't make the finals this year, if we're like literally knocking on the door. Yeah, that's, that's very fair and very realistic. I know the jazz fan in you though, is just like, let's just finally win this thing. Like all of us, oh. we talk about it literally every day. Um, oh, dude, don't. I stay out the window crying. from work and I look over Vivian Arena and I I already start planning out the parade route and f- trying to figure out where I want to post up with um with you guys and then I realize that we're still months and months away from that even being close to decided plus a ton of luck and everything else that goes along with it and probably heartbreak beyond beyond the imagination. So, oh, dude, I, the heartbreak, man. Is it better to live and have loved or never have lived at all? No, to live. Is it better to have lived and have lost? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Is it better to have lived and have lost that love or to have never lived at all? No, tell me. You you tell me that. To have never loved at all. To have never tell loved me, at all. Something I is it better to have loved and lost and never loved at all? <laughs> you tell me that, Jora. You tell me that. <laughs> that's to you, Berg. You're Jora, not me. Yeah, dude. that's I'm... Berg, dude. <laughs> this is the thing though oh mandar as someone who's never felt true love burning within my soul i'd have to say i don't know this is real deep this is this is this is late night thoughts this is ten twenty two. i just took my sleeping pill i don't know what oh berg i've seen you in love man it's a sight to behold anyway um <laughs> Zip through this list, Carl. Give us the rest of your list. Where where did we end? You're on the jazz. One more thing on the jazz, though. Like, how dope is our team? Oh, like last year, I just I didn't. Everyone loved Ricky, and it was like he was, you know, our brother. Like we saw Snapchats of him, like you know, being funny and stuff. And he has long hair, and he's white. All this stuff. It's like, no, dude. I have a totally different feeling towards like the people on our team this year like conley dude he is dope like honestly i follow his wife on instagram she's not that cool but i love her so much because <laughs> like i want her to be happy so much in utah um oh she'll anyway, love it she will she'll love it everyone um, g- give her, her a follow yeah sorry everyone, what's her what's her handle what's her handle I gotta give her a shout out um hold on i'll get i'll, I'll shout oh. it out <laughs> living La Riv. Livin' La Riv. Anyway, sorry. All right, everyone, um, shout out Livin' She just La got Riv. six followers tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll breeze through this. I'm taking away too long. I think in the same tier as us and the Lakers, I have Golden State. Everyone's way down on them this year. And I just think, I mean, Steph is, Steph is really good. And Clay is really good. And Draymond's annoying as hell, but he's good. And I don't know. I think they'll have a chip on their shoulder, and I think they'll actually be really good. And and they truly, like, we've seen it so many times. Like, they show up in big moments. Yeah. Like, 
it's I think they'll be good. Um, then my next tier, I have kind of a tie too. Um, I have Denver and Houston. Um, I don't really have anything to say there because those teams annoyed the hell out of me, and I probably <laughs> like them less than any other teams in the league. Um, Trey, Trey Lyles isn't on Denver anymore, so that kind of sucks because he was kind of fun to make fun of. Um, and Houston, the one thing I'll say about Houston, so we've talked about Russ way more than he deserves, but if he can honestly kick it to their three-point shooters, they could be good. That's the one thing I didn't say about Russ is if he shoots less and drives and kicks, they could be good. And then I have Portland seven. Um, I feel like that's – that's um, is that disrespectful? No, I think that's fair because everyone got better and they – I don't know. I think they might have got a little bit worse in my opinion. I said that before, but I feel like the rest of the West got a little bit better and he got a little bit worse or they got a little bit worse. You don't think Hoodie's going to have very many goodies this year? Berg? I could see Hoodie busting out some goodies like one every eight games like he did for us. That's probably what we're what we're going to see from our, our, probably our good friend, uh, yeah, Donkey Man. Yeah, anyway, I have them seven, and, I mean, they lost Ennis, so they're more likable. So that's cool. Um, and then, But they got Whiteside, who might be, actually he's not quite as unbearable as Ennis, but he's up there. He's such a waste of talent. And athleticism. Um, I mean, it's not fair for me to say that as I'm sitting in my driveway because I can't even be in my house because I'll, I'm too shamed by my wife right now. Um, <laughs> but he, he, he should be so much more. Anyway, um, A, I have San Antonio. You can't just, like, you can't forget the Night King, dude. Like, <laughs> he's dead, but... Can you really kill the Night King? What is, dude? What is dead may never die. He's going to. He's going to ride his his new dragon, aka the junkyard dog. He's going to ride his junkyard dog into the face of battle oh, and uh, have renewed spirit. Senior Swag Daddy oh, back at it. SMD, dude. <laughs> shout out junkyard SMD. dog. One an episode. We got to shout that guy out somehow. Yeah, at least once an episode, he's got to get his credit. But I mean, every oh, no, man. I've seen so many playoff lists, and no one has San Antonio on. And, like, they didn't add that many people, but they have DeJounte Murray, and he was good. And, honestly, like, Pop acts like he's this nice, liberal, like, I'm for the people. Dude, his soul was sold to the devil so long ago. Like, he'll get his rewards. (laughs) He was promised. Yeah, he gets his... Pop was promised. He gets his rewards on Earth and then um, purgatory in the afterlife. That's how that works. I'm from I'm from this I uh, dude I'm from the north I know like some of these things, the old gods and the new yeah you know them both some of the dark gods. Um, that's my left Zion off you left Zion and the Pellies off as well as our guy D Favors happy birthday to Derek Favors <sighs> happy by the birthday way. Derek Derek man um, we love you I'm gonna go on the record and I know that this will be either used to shame me or shout my uh, jubilations but I don't think Zion's all that. I'll be the one to say I think Zion Zion scares me, and I don't think he's gonna have like an incredible career. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna put it out there. Fire take by Berg. Fire take. Fire take. I think he needs to learn to shoot, or I agree with you. Or 
I don't know. Ben I feel Simmons like... just got paid 170 mil for not even being able to shoot, so I could be completely wrong here. But oh uh, yeah, but but yeah. Ben Simmons is going to be over is is going to be good, but not great. Like perennially yeah. good, but not great. I don't know. That's that's a good. If, that's if a you're OKC. Take. If you're OKC, do you would you trade uh, or would you trade CP3 for Ben Simmons? If you're Philly, I mean, would you trade CP3 for Ben Simmons? No, because CP3 isn't. He's a flop at this point. A dead okay. fish on the court, just flopping I, around. I wouldn't, but that's just me. Goldine, Goldine. I will. I will say on Zion though, he's a little fat. Like, yeah, he has fat potential. He's not. He, he's a he has FP. He's not fat and unathletic. He's athletic and fat, and I don't know. I just feel like it. Can your body do that for eighty-two games a year? Well, he's built like Shaq was going into the league, except Shaq was like seven-one, seven-two, and he's six-six. Exactly. That's the he could be absolutely incredible, or he could, I don't know, do what Berg said. You know, like those racehorses that end up, like, breaking their legs because their muscles are so strong, their frames, like, just can't bear, like, how strong and athletic they are? I no. feel like that's Zion. I haven't heard not that, that but that's... Not that I'm wishing injury upon anybody, especially the uh, the one who's proclaimed to be the, the best basketball player since LeBron to come into the draft, but I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. He'll be fun. All right. They say well, he's an alien. Oh, good segue, Berg. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Speaking of aliens, uh, for anyone who hasn't been following memes the past few days, I guess, there is – so we're switching gears here to non-basketball related. Uh, my wife's going to be elated by that. But for those of you who haven't been aware, there is a Facebook event coming up on September 20th at 3 a.m. at Area 51 called – this is what it's really called. It's called Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. <laughs> and <laughs> and 1.2 million people have said they're going on Facebook. And another 991,000 say they are interested in going. And this is what the event says. We all meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. If we Naruto, If we Naruto run... We can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. And then, you guys know what? And then <laughs> the aliens came. And then the aliens show if... up. And then they decide that we're all good humans. And then we get to go to their planet. Watch Kendrick Lamar just descend upon them. And, his, and he's got his alien Kendrick voice from Good Kid Mad City. And then it just sparks the charge. I had to actually look up what, the, what a Naruto run is. And... It honestly conjures up a hilarious visual. Just picture like an anime character whose both arms are like horizontal behind him, just charging straight, and the plan is to outrun bullets. So um, <laughs> the air force is the air force has already warned these potential uh, shenanigan doers that they're not going to put up for any any craziness. And so honestly, I would love. I just hope there are some people show up and like have drones in the air. Just to watch the madness, kind of like a wall of death, like you'd see it, like a, well, Lord of the Rings or, I don't know, like a Mastodon concert. I'm really intrigued to see what happens. Well, I think in reality, like maybe a few hundred people show up and are like, oh, this is hilarious. We really showed up and nothing really comes of it. But I'm interested in what you, what's like a best case scenario out of you guys and a worst case scenario. Carl, you go first. Best case of like this whole event. Yeah, like best case, like in into the realm of ridiculousness. Like, what's the best thing that can happen, and what's the worst thing that can happen? Um. Well, you know me. I'll start with the worst thing that could happen. Well, like there could just be like a big, like you know, 
<laughs> they could all blow up. Blow up. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I wasn't really, you know, expecting best and worst case, but you know, like a big old bomb <laughs> wouldn't be good. Um, that's worst case, you know, just mass death. Um, best case. Yeah. Best case being like, what do you want to happen? Not necessarily like, you know what I mean? Um, I honestly, what I want to happen is just a lot of funny crap to be posted on the Twitter because that's what's yeah. going to really impact me more than anything. And you know, the life of a suit isn't all that great sometimes. And sometimes, you know, you're on your phone for, let's say, like 52 minutes out of an hour. And, you know, a good a good hour on Twitter, <laughs> hypothetically, um, on a slow day, you know. Um, I, and, you know, a, a good, you know, a good Twitter hour would probably be my best case scenario. Sorry if that's lame. No, that's good. So, that's good. Berg. So... D- to all the thousands of people listening there, we need to get at least one person under some sort of dirt camouflage blanket with good, great data. We need him to turn on Periscope and uh, at Carl, at Carl Hafen after this, so uh, so Carl can tune in and so we all can tune in, to be honest, of Chafe the live si- stream of the chat. At Chafe16, formerly Carlos Hafen. Thank you. Shout out Chafe16. Everyone give him a follow. <laughs> um, I think for me, the yeah. best, no, the worst case scenario would be like somehow they charge and they're all just kind of like they all just evaporate but no one actually saw what happened and they just they just disintegrate and it was it's kind of like actually no no worst case scenario is they charge and there's just like tanks there from the air force or like there's like a strafing run and there's the people kind of stop and scatter and nothing happens Best case scenario is it's dark. It, they're going to do this at 3 a.m. So music starts playing. The char- Like thousands of people are there. They charge Area 51. All of a sudden, the sky lights up like a freaking day. Like it's mid midday. And Sounds biblical. Aliens, <laughs> aliens come out of the sky on their ships. And essentially what they do is they... Uh, they're essentially the they cruise along with the people that are charging and use their missiles and whatever other lasers they have to blow up area 51 and they go in and free their comrades and it's uh obviously the one of the craziest days in the history of the world so So. kind of kind of like a lord of the rings gandalf shows up but it's aliens instead yep 100 percent. okay um i'll give mine and i obviously think in my brain of how this can turn out and like what movie scenario. I think the worst case scenario is this turns into a district nine situation, meaning we put the aliens into like a housing project only for aliens. Once we find out they're there, both of my scenarios are aliens exist by the way. And then once these aliens, we find out they exist, we throw them into these alien ghettos and we have people saying that the aliens have rights. And then there's other people saying we need to send them back to their shithole planet and they're taking all of our, resources away from us and blood and soil and all this crap and just the political like landscape that gets created because of these aliens kind of like what's going on right now with another group of subset aliens um it would just be like that just cranked up to 11 to be super annoying 
Um, best case scenario is basically everything that happens in, in Independence Day really does happen. Um, the exclamation point being, as soon as the door opens to Area 51, there's an alien and Will Smith punches him and says, Welcome to Earth! And that's that's it. Earth, go hard. That is Shout out, Brick Blaze, That though. is... <laughs> <clears throat> Shout outs, Bean. Um, for real, though, internet culture is a really weird thing. Like, do we think that there's actually going to be a turnout? I think there's going to be a turnout. From everything that I've seen, there are at least, even the guy that organized it, he's like some 20-year-old identifying by the name Val. And he's planning on showing up for sure just to see what happens. And, I mean, of the million people that joined, just think about the percentages there. First of all, you have to be sick enough to join that kind of group. And of the sickos that would join that type of group, you got to believe that at least 10% of them are down to show up. That's 10,000 people. That's 12,000 people. Wait, what? 12,000, isn't it? 1.2 million right now? Oh, I don't know. I, I was going based off the million. But yeah, okay, I'm sure. Okay, okay. Hey, we've got till September to add to our ranks. So, um, but do they yeah, know where to we'll go? See. They just said they go, they're go. they going to the tourist place. See, I feel like the most likely result is like a bunch of people show up in the desert and they're dressed in Star Wars costumes and they kind of just like march around for a couple hours and they don't find anything. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's, unless, the, bo- unless, that's a realist in me. Someone needs to recruit Bob Lazar and just tell they'll tell him they'll or he'll tell them exactly where to go. Uh just wait for it. Alien Kendrick. I am a Oh, this is their rallying cry. Oh, <laughs> but things, things I don't understand. Alright, so I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Anyway, that's Area 51. Um We promised some mailbag questions. Berg, should we jump should we dive in the mailbag and answer a couple of these things so we can stop lying? <laughs> yeah, shout out to everybody that kept asking for mailbag questions and uh we've Definitely held on to them, and a couple of them are no longer relevant as they involve questions about Tobias Harris and other questions jazz-related that uh, are no longer relevant. So we're going to uh, we're going to go with a couple somewhat jazz-related, somewhat not. The first question, and this is very appropriate because Carl's here with us. Uh, this is asked by our good friend Tom Barnes' wife. Tom was our last guest uh, by his oh. wife Bree. And she's curious, and I feel like this question first would have to be answered by Carl because little do people know in high school when Carl wanted to pick up girls, he'd send out a mass text message to them, and it would say, if you could be any animal, what would you be? Actually, no, it said, if I were an animal, what would I be? But uh, in this case, the question is still relevant. If you could be any animal, what would you be? Carl? Carl, I know this answer. You better get the right answer right now. Oh, grizzly bear. What, what's yes, going on? Hundred percent, dude. I was just, you know, I just was at the San Diego Zoo, dude, and it's not that often that you look into an animal's eyes and you just let's like looking at the mirror. <laughs> dude, did you connect? Okay, so let me tell you something. You know, so my beautiful wife, Brick Blaisdell, shouts was like, you know, well, let's go see the grizzlies, and I was like, no, it's 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 three o'clock. Like, we'll go see the grizzlies when the grizzlies are out and about. We'll go at dusk. So we went at dusk because I just knew they'd be out. And we went there, dude. Rolling around, 
Growling, dude. Man. Did you guys have some conversation? You and the Grizzlies? You know, sometimes it's not what's said, Kurt. It's the feeling between two people. <laughs> two beings and the two creatures in this point. I have seen Carl turn grizzly bear maybe three times in my life, and honestly, I've never been more scared, but at the same time, awestruck. It's a beautiful All I know and is the last thing. time that anyone had such a deep connection with an animal at the zoo, it was Harry Potter when he uh, met the basilisk and then removed the glass and the basilisk escaped. So all I can say is watch out, people of San Diego, there might be a grizzly bear on the loose. That's true. Uh, I've also seen, shout out Pierce Smith, he really likes red pandas. I don't know how I know that, but he always brings them up when he's at the zoo. So he connects maybe third level behind Carl and Harry Potter. Berg, if you were an animal, what would you be? If I were an animal, what would I be? It's a good question. I feel like my natural animal that I would identify with most, honestly, it might be a sloth. <laughs> Just because we think about sleeping probably way more often than we should. And we have a decent amount of fun in trees. So I'd probably go with <laughs> sloth. Do, uh, what's the situation on um, eating chicken from a can? Do sloths do that? <laughs> Honestly, if if sloths did have that sort of capability, well, actually, you know what? Evolution granted them the ability to eat uh, canned chicken given the fact that their claws are actually pretty sharp. So obviously they don't have can openers out there. They just don't find them under rocks and stuff. So uh, natural evolution has led them to be able to eat cans of chicken. And I think you know the verdict is still out on whether they've actually taken advantage of that yet or if they just haven't done it because they haven't had the opportunities. But definitely uh, – you know, that's an opportunity for them to get some more gains. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, and then my answer, obviously, is a bull moose because I'm serene and gentle. But if you make me mad, I'm going to run full steam at you and kill you. Um, next question, Berg. Next question. Uh, <laughs> shouts to Cole Jensen for asking some crazy – Oh, we're going to break some news. We, even already, we already did it on Twitter, but we're going to bust this. Mark Kaiser asked, is Conley going to break jazz tradition and wear a headband? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We have a thing. A little bit of breaking news here. I was uh, privileged with the opportunity to have breakfast last Thursday with the president of the Jazz, Steve Starks, among a few. There are a few other people there, but they provided us Neaters, which happens to be my favorite breakfast. Shouts to the French toast. Shouts to the syrup that goes on the French toast with the berries, of course, that you put on as toppers. And the cream. Shout out the cream. Yeah, uh, it's all right. Oh, shout out the cream Uh, for me. Steve did a question and answer. And when I was sitting in the in the panel, I hurried and texted uh, Tom and Kurt and Carl and wanted to know what type of questions they, they wanted me to ask because I know they had some on their minds. And we decided it was a relevant question to ask if Mike Conley was going to be able to wear his headband. And Steve Sarks pretty much dismissively answered that the no headband thing is all a false and farce and uh, something that's no longer a rule, essentially, and hasn't been since Quinn's been a coach. So our beloved Michael Conley is going to be able to wear his headband and there's not going to be any awkward weirdness when Kim probably would be the one that says <laughs> no to that. But uh, we're, we're keeping Kim, Kim not involved. And, uh, you know, bless bless Gail's heart for, you know, putting her foot down and saying that our beloved Mike can wear his, he can wear his headband. So, according, breaking news, you heard yeah. it here first. According to some sources, Kim was against the Legacy Trust. Okay, moving on. Um <laughs> But Next what? Question. I'm, I'm, what? Real quick, what players 
have come to Utah who previously wore a headband that didn't. Mo Williams. Darren Williams in college. Mo Williams. Good call. And Mo Williams. Booker. Second, Mo Williams. Trevor Booker, right? He was a, head, he was a oh, headband oh. guy. Oh, Memo. Also, Memo. Josh Howard. Josh <laughs> Howard. Memo Kerr, dude. He used to rock headbands all the time, let me tell you. Same with uh, Fasenko. Those guys were steezy. Did uh did shake my did shake my dreads? No. Did he play before the Jazz? Was he a D leaguer? Oh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. D league before and D league after. <laughs> Fashion icon though. Anyway, I'm just wondering why those guys did not. Maybe there's like an unknown, like you know, an unwritten rule where it's like you can. Well, I heard do it was it, a Sloan thing. Did. It was a Sloan thing, wasn't it? But Booker was here post Sloan. It's true. True. It's a true statement. Anyway, woke. sorry. Oh, wow. Moving on. Okay, Berg. Um, we're running a little thin on our on our questions here. So Spencer Davis, fifty four, shouts to Spencer Davis, Shout Red Cow Spencer. Tavern. Um, do the Jazz now have the most handsome backcourt in the league? And I'm not going to say that we don't, but I'm also going to say that any team that loses Ricky Rubio as a point guard, I feel like you 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 probably regress a little bit because he might be the most handsome point guard in the league. Um, that said, obviously Mike's a dapper dude, and uh, I think you know, we're definitely in contention. But uh, yeah, we we lost uh, we lost Rubio. Can so I throw in I... A... Go ahead. Can I throw in a fire take from the wife? Yeah. So I asked her before I got on here. Hey, give me a fire take, and she said Mike Conley's super hot. So I'm just gonna throw Dang. that up there. And then I'll throw another fire take because I asked my wife the same question. Who's the most handsome backcourt in the league? She has no idea any other backcourt besides the Jazz. And her answer was, we have Donovan Mitchell. And I said, yeah, but, you know, who else do you think is more handsome? She's like, Kurt, no, we have Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, my wife. We're the most handsome backcourt in the league. So there you go. Yeah, my wife's hot. My wife and – oh, never mind. Um... Girlfriend. Yeah, Girlfriend. Yeah, well, we won't go there yet. And I'll just say, Donovan's a good-looking guy. I think Conley he has a look that's, you know, I mean, he's he's, if you're into those corner or I don't know what they are, dread corner, whatever they are, he he looks sweet. I think Conley looks really sweet. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, we do have the most handsome backcourt in the league. I think Conley's more also, handsome after you note. see his kids. Oh yeah. Yeah, I believe that as well. Um, when Carl said that the life of his suit consists of looking at your phone for on average 52 minutes out of the, out of the hour while you're at work. Um, during my 52 minute period, I got sucked down a black hole and was stalking Donovan's what, who I think is ex-girlfriend. You heard it here first. Fire Ooh. dude. Dropping bombs. Speculation is D Lighty and Donovan Mitchell have split. He no longer likes her Instagram pictures or comments. Any, any like saucy comments. And what? That's, now that's instead what you're of basing Donovan, it off of. What? What's that? The hell That's is what you're a basing saucy it off comment. Of? <laughs> saucy comment. Ask Donnie what a saucy comment is. Go back to IG before May 15th and you'll see lots of saucy comments. <laughs> you have a date and everything. <laughs> yep, then she took off to Italy and I think the rest is history. So now David Locke just likes her pictures and it's really awkward. So <laughs> there's that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <sighs> From the mailbag, I want to say I think that's everything. There's some other semi-irrelevant questions that we might have to address another time, but uh, yeah. we just wanted to address a few of those. And shout out to everybody that submitted, and we'll we'll address more questions in the future. And uh, so you got to get your question game up, though. 
can't be reading these dry questions on air, you know? That's true. Um, before we wrap this up, there's one quick little segment that I want to do with Carl. Uh, for everyone who doesn't follow me on Instagram, which I'm sure since we only have a few listeners, you all do, uh, we announced that we are pregnant as of officially yeah. announced yesterday. Um, shout out my wife for growing a human inside her belly right now. I have no idea how that feels or can't comprehend like that, I guess, momentous thing that's going on when they say the miracle of like life it truly is like this crazy miracle but carl as i suit up to become a dad is there any you you are a pretty fresh dad what henry's turning one in august is that right yeah shout mm-hmm. out me for knowing henry's birthday eight, um, eight, 2018 let's go um anything any advice you can give me as i prepare a, for the rest of pregnancy with my wife and then as baby comes like what do dads need to know that's never talked about? Oh man. So this is, this, this is like assuming that I have it figured out, which I mean, come on, let's get real. No, no one has it figured out. I don't think if you have five kids, you have it figured out. Um, but you know, one thing, so for, first I'll start with another fire take from the wife. Cause I asked her this question recently, actually. Um, and, and her, her response was kind of funny, but she said that, um, like as a dad, whenever whenever you think that you're doing like a lot or whatever you think you're doing just know that the wife is doing a lot more <laughs> like as far as like like the pregnancy i mean like you know if if you think that oh my heck like i'm planning a lot of stuff right now like this is like you know we're having to buy a lot of stuff like we're i'm having to do a lot of research like just think that like your wife is is feeling that pressure and like has a different emotion attached to that, like on another level. Plus at the same time, she's carrying the baby and like going through all the physical stuff. So, um, it, it's weird advice, you know, but I actually think it's really good because sometimes as a dad, you think like, Oh, I have, I have a lot going on. Um, but as far as supporting your wife, you have to realize that they always have a lot more going on. Um, including growing a human including carrying the baby and having back pain and like you know having to deal with the stress of oh you know this is gonna have to come out (laughs) this is gonna have to come out at some (laughs) point and uh you know how do i feel about that so like anyway um as far as supporting your wife that's that's a fire take from the wife um as far as being a dad um you're gonna be a dope dad dude you're gonna be awesome like thanks dude you're i can't wait to see you be a dad it's gonna be cool um, uh. my advice is to like, um, just kind of, kind of pick your spots as far as like, I mean, in the baby world and parenting world, like it seriously is like the age of information and there's so much information on everything. And like, you can get caught up on like feeding and sleeping and like, you know, discipline, all this stuff, like it goes on and on. But I just feel like, you know, you sometimes you just have to pick your spots and, like, decide, okay, these are the things that, like, are important to me as far as, like, caring for the baby. Like, hey, you know, I want him to be able to be good at sleeping. So I'm going to really, like, try to do that. And then, like, other things you're going to have to, like, give a little because this is too hard to do everything perfect. Um, And then same with, like, the fun side of things. Like, you know, just pick your spots and figure out, you know, how – you want to enjoy being a dad and 
focus on those things and don't worry if you're not like perfect at everything else, especially in Utah, because it's like, you know, you don't have to look far to like compare yourself to someone else. And it's like, Oh, that guy has that, that couple has the Nuna. Like, are we, are we ratchet? Cause we have a Graco. Yeah. Are you impressed with like my baby knowledge of brands? Um, yeah, I am actually. But anyway, that's some that's some quick advice. But honestly, dude, you're gonna be a great dad. That's the first person that's ever said that. You're the well, actually, I'm lying. I can't take that away from people who have said that. But it's the first time you've said that to me, Carl, and it means the world because I'm terrified as we go through this. And I think probably this will be a talking point through this podcast as Emily prepares to deliver this child. But like through the entire process of trying to understand what your wife's going through and you know you can't to like just trying to like decipher what she's telling you and reading between the lines on what's really going on and like it's been it's been a a whirlwind and it's just like so exciting but at the same time so terrifying and it's always good to hear from my friends that have kids and have gone through it that you know give me that like reassurance that I can do it too oh for sure it's it's hard because like I'm a fixer so like if like my if Brooke's going through something or something's hard, like I'm my reaction is okay, I need to fix it or take that away. And you know, pregnancy and parenting isn't like it's not always things you can just fix. It's more like how do you just support and like help endure through things. Um, but like I feel like you're naturally really good at that. Whereas I've had to like realize, oh, okay, I can't fix this. I just have to like kind of like love and support differently gosh dude it's getting emotional in here man (laughs) hey Kendrick back on dude I am a Santa (laughs) um Berg anything we're gonna sign off here anything you wanna you wanna do or just give us a sign off shout out Carl for joining us for real shout out to Carl for joining us um it's been a long time in the making and we're glad to have him out here and uh of course, we'll uh, we'll be he'll be in Utah for the the parade, um, probably swinging or probably jump. No, Carl's gonna be firmly planted on John Stockton's statue's head. Um, probably eating some gushers and sipping on a cactus cooler as the parade route goes by, and we'll be uh, we'll all be reminiscing there. Um, some Washington State gushers. More. What's that? Some uh, gushers straight from Washington State. Whee! Straight from Washington State. And uh, if you've made it this far, bless your heart. Thank you so much. Um, Leave us your comments. Give us some reviews. Give us a little subscribe. Let us know what you want to hear next. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Go Jazz.